And now, Father, we come to your word. Lord, give us insight, Father, into what faith is all about. As we ask it in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. If you'll take your Bibles with me tonight, we're continuing our series, The Steps of Elisha. And if you would turn to 2 Kings chapter 5, 2 Kings chapter 5 tonight, uh, we are now at this point leaving the land of Israel as we continue to follow the footsteps of Elisha. But we find ourselves beginning chapter 5 in the land of Syria. And I guess if there was one story that stood out above all the other ones that the kids remember most when you're going through Sunday school was the story of Naaman. And that's that's where we come to. We come to this tremendous account of Naaman. But I think there are some jewels in here for all of us um, that that maybe we missed as we studied it. You know, we know this story backwards and forwards. So a lot of this you've heard heard before. You know, sometimes it's it's hard to say. Well, here's something new. But isn't it wonderful? Have you noticed how the Holy Spirit will take a scripture that you've known for years and you you're reading it again, and suddenly. He brings something. He opens your eyes to something you never saw there before. It's so beautiful. And I pray that will happen to us tonight. But let's look at verse 1. Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man with his master and highly respected because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was also a valiant warrior. But... He was a leper. And there it is. And that, of course, sets the table for this entire story of what is going to take place. Naaman, his name in Hebrew, the Hebrew verb is N-A-E-M. And that verb literally means to be delightful or to be pleasant or gracious. Now, I don't know how, he might might have been a gracious man, we don't know, but we're going to find a lot out about this guy, Uh, and this first verse gives us uh, some insight into his life and, and who he was. First of all, we see that he was a captain of the army of the king of Aram. Now, being a captain there... You basically were like the general, you know, the five-star general. He was second in command to the king of Aram. And so we, we re- want to remember where he is politically in this, okay? So he is second in command. So we, we know he has a high ranking. And then we are told that he is a great man with his master. In other words, the king of Aram, uh, uh, king of Aram looked at him uh, with great respect. He honored him. He, he, he thought the world of this, this general. He thought, I couldn't have anybody better leading my armies. And it says there, 
he was a great man with his master, the king, and he was highly respected. So no doubt not just the king respected him, but the soldiers underneath him. And I guess, uh, you know, we could hear stories of uh, those who uh, were in the military, and I'm sure Brother Jim could share some, uh, as well as Carrie and some of you others, uh, of perhaps those, those commanders uh, that were highly respected by the men. But then there may have been others that, uh, you know, there wasn't that respect for, right? Oh, I see Denny nodding his head. He was in the Army, too, so he knows. And, uh, and I'm sure it, when you had that commander, that sergeant, that captain, whoever it was, over you, um, but you saw wi- his wisdom, you, you saw that he did have a heart of compassion. He was strict, but he, you, know, you respected him. Uh, you were blessed. Well, this... This man, Naaman, was given respect. He was considered a great man in the eyes of the king. But I love the because in verse 1. Notice this. Because. Why it was he a great man in the eyes of his king and highly respected? Because by him, by Naaman, the Lord had given victory to Aram. The Lord had given victory to Aram. This statement here, once again, focuses our attention on the sovereignty of God, does it not? Look at this, that here, suddenly we're we're being told about this, this guy who's a captain in Syria. He's a heathen, right? does not know the God of Israel. But what do, we, what do we see here? The Lord had his hand on this man before he was ever saved, before he ever came to know the Lord. Because we see it right there. You know, he was blessed. This man was favored. Naaman was favored. Why? Because the Lord had given, led him in victory after victory for Aram. He he led led them in victories. God's hand was upon that person. And think back, I'm sure some of you, as you think back upon your life, you can recall a time in your life where, when you did not know the Lord, you did not know him. But once you came to know the Lord, you look back on, and your testimony uh, bears it out that you now could see where God had his hand on your life and was working things out in your life to bring you to a place of salvation. Isn't that wonderful? This is the grace of God. Here's the grace of God. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We who didn't deserve God's mercy and love and grace, we deserved his wrath. And so did Naaman. But God had a purpose and plan for this man before he ever came to know the God of Israel. And God's intent the whole time was to bring him to 
to salvation, to bring him to salvation. And, and how wonderful it is. And this tells me again that when I see, uh, you know, it, it looks like Satan is in control of all the nations of the world. Yeah, he's behind a lot of the leaders and moving of, uh, of armies and things like that. But we've got to remember, I think, this reminds us that God is in control. That he's in control of the nations. He's in control of every king, every commander of any nation, all nations in the world. That God sees them all and he has a purpose and plan and many of them he will bring to salvation. We don't know the stories. But think of, I just want you to be encouraged by this. You know, and there may be those in your life who are unsaved, you've been praying for, but maybe they may be family members, they, they might be uh, co-workers, or, uh, or just, it, it, it could be just friends, but people maybe who really are irritating your life and, and upsetting you for some reason because of, of what they say about you, what they think about you. Remember, look at Naaman. God can bring them around. You know, just like Justin, just like you shared, God can bring him to a place where he will know God truly and, 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 and God would restore him and give him health. But what do we know about? So God was giving him victory after victory. And then the end of verse 1, the man was also a valiant warrior. In other words, he was one tough guy. You know, he was one tough soldier. But there was one problem he had. He had all that the world could give him except his health. He became a leper. He became a leper. And, of course, as we, um, we've seen this study in the past concerning leprosy, uh, in Scripture, leprosy is a picture of what? Anybody remember? What does leprosy give us a picture of spiritually? Sin. Leprosy is, gives us a, 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 is a type of, you know, it gives us an understanding of what sin is. Leprosy, back then, it was a horrible disease. You were pretty much uh, separated uh, from family and people and friends, community. And leprosy uh, is, if you want to read more about this disease... You can go to Leviticus 14 and 15. And those two chapters, uh, God deals with leprosy and how it was to be dealt with uh, in Israel. And usually that leprosy, it would start with the discoloration of, of skin, certain part of the skin. And then it would turn white. That patch would turn white or pink. Now, don't start looking at your skin. Okay, because sometimes we do that, right? <laughs> do I have it? You know, I don't know. But it, thankfully today, uh, it, it can be cured. But back then, it could not. 
And as you understand what leprosy does, once it starts, back then it was incurable, it just ate away at the flesh. So that uh, you're, sooner or later, uh, you're, it, it, it actually gets into, it comes from the deep-seated uh, marrow of the bones and it results in the deterioration of tissue. And then it eats away at, at uh, the appendages, Fingers, hands, toes, they start to, to fall off. It's like a flesh-eating disease. So here uh, we see that this man, Naaman, has everything the world could give him except he doesn't have good health. And when you saw, uh, which made me think, how in the world did he ever run an army, lead an army, if he was a leper? But this must, have, this must have just started to happen. I'm sure there, sure there was a time where he wasn't, didn't have leprosy, but now he, he was. And, and, and he knew that this would only lead to death for him. And so we see a man here who has everything, but this gives us a spiritual understanding in that Naaman was a sinner just like every one of us. Leprosy is a type of sin in the Bible. And it's a picture of your sin and mine before we come to know the Lord. It's, it's incurable. It eats away at us. And, and Naaman was one that, just like the outside of his skin, was dying. He was already dead inside. He was already dead on the inside because of his sin, like we all are. We were all dead in our what? Trespasses and sins. But let's go now to verse 2. Now the Arameans had gone out in bands and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on Naaman's wife. So here we have a, a, a little girl... Uh, that was taken captive when the, the, uh, the bands, uh, uh, bands of the Arameans had gone into Israel and they had captured some of the Jews. And they took this little girl with them. This little girl ends up being the slave to, uh, to, the, um, to the wife of Naaman. It says right there that she waited on Naaman's wife. That was her job. But here, and I wonder what we're going to do is we are breaking this up, this study of Naaman, uh, into different sections. So we're just doing part of the story tonight, okay? But I, I want to focus on this girl here because we, uh, it's so easy to overlook this. But I think there was so much deep truth and encouragement we can take from this one little life, a little girl. We know that she was a Jew. She was taken in as a slave, and now she was a servant of Naaman's wife. And she knew all about the leprosy, of course. She could see it in Naaman. Anytime he came home, you know, she could see it eating away at him. But look now at verse 3 and 4. And she said to her mistress, 
I wish that my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus spoke the girl who is from the land of Israel. But there in verse 3, what, is, what do we find this little girl doing? She, she could have been so bitter as a little girl, being taken from her parents, being a slave now, and, and she, she could have been angry at God. But do we see that anywhere? No. What do we see as we break this down? What do we know about this little Jewish slave girl? First of all, we know that she had compassion for Naaman and his family. This little girl had a compassion for him. Notice what she says to her mistress. I wish that my master, Naaman, were with who? The prophet who is in Samaria. This little girl, and we don't have her name. She's unnamed, but here is this little girl who cares about her master. And what is the one thing that she thinks about when she's wishing he could get better? She's, She's thinking, God, my God, can heal this man. My God can heal this man. She just didn't think it in her heart. But she made it plain. She was bold with her witness. Because when she, she would share her wish, she, she said, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. And of course, that prophet is Elisha. She knew of him. Then she goes on and says, then he would cure him of his leprosy. Here is this little girl who has faith to move mountains. Have you ever seen a child who just has complete abandonment in God and and just has faith that puts you to shame? I have seen that in children, and you have seen it in children. There's those certain children that just love the Lord with all their heart, and they can't, they can't hold it in. And this, this girl not only was thinking it, but she spoke it. She spoke her faith. Uh, and when she mentioned the prophet, she said, I wish, I wish my master was with this prophet. That prophet, of course, represented God the God of Israel, which shows us that this little girl, she was not just putting faith in a man, in Elisha, 
But she was putting faith in the Lord God, Jehovah. She believed that that God, her God, that, she, that even though she was, was taken out of her country and made a slave, she didn't get angry at God. She could have lost her faith, said, I don't want anything to do with the God of Israel. If he let me be a slave, you know, and be t- my whole family being taken like this, she could have been bitter. How easy it is for us to get bitter over something, for the way people have treated us, the, maybe the, the way something has, has taken place in her life. And, and it's so easy, if we're not careful, to let bitterness seep in and kind of go, Lord, I don't understand why you allowed this, but this is not good. And sometimes that can cause us to be distant from the Lord to kind of just slip away from the Lord because, well, looks like he doesn't care for me. She could have had that attitude, but she didn't. She didn't. Her faith was in the God of Israel who could do what? Anything. Who could do anything. Remember that little song? God can do anything. God can do anything but what? But fail. Love that little song the kids sing. My God can do anything. This is the kind of faith this girl has. How do we know that? Because of the end of verse 3. She said, then if, she, if he was with the prophet who was in Samaria, then he, Naaman, I'm sorry, then he, uh, Elisha, would cure him of his leprosy question do you see any doubt in her voice where's the doubt of this little girl that she could have said "Mm, god maybe you know god god might be able to do it i don't know but but it's worth a try she didn't say anything like that she said if he goes you know that man the man of god will cure him which means the power of god god working through elisha will cure naaman now do you think this little girl had ever seen leprosy cured no that's why this little girl's faith just kind of just blows me away that that here she is and she she has a faith that that i wish i had and here she, she believes it, and she, she makes it clear. Tell Naaman, if he goes to see this prophet, you know, he would, he would cure him. And what do we see then? We see that, verse 4, And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus spoke the girl who is from the land of Israel. Naaman decides to take what she said and take it to the king. What, again, does this say about this little girl? That Naaman believed her. That this great commander, commander of armies, when the mistress would come to Naaman and say, by the way, my little servant girl here, you know what she said? Now, what do we usually do when when, uh, a child gives us their opinion? sometimes right go 
Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Okay. That's cute. Okay. And then we just go do our own thing. We're, we're not going to take their advice. He ends up believing this girl, going to the king, and going to ask uh, uh, him for a letter that he could take to the king of Israel. And that's where the ball really starts to roll in Naaman's life. But we see that he is trusting what this little girl believes. And you see, I think this is where Naaman's journey of faith begins. There's always that 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 beginning where the, suddenly the Lord will do something, bring someone into your life, right? If you recall, again, your salvation experience, think of the people who were involved in your life that God used, and the, he, he brought them into your life. And though maybe you weren't, as you look back, you weren't saved at the time, but you look back and you realize that God was using what that person said. Maybe it was someone who was trying to witness with you, but you... You just kind of pushed it away or didn't, didn't take it to heart, but the seed was sown. God used this little girl to be his missionary to Naaman. This is where it began, his journey to faith. How beautiful this is. I want you to see something quickly. Uh, Acts chapter 23. God uses, and, and I think... The, the thing to take away tonight is God uses children. Acts 23, verse 12. Acts 23, 12. Here's another story, an account of God using a child to do his will. And here we have Paul. Uh, he's, he's, he's been arrested, he's been taken by force by the soldiers there to, in Jerusalem, and um, they're uh, under protection. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and God encourages him in verse 11, but on the night immediately following, the Lord stood at his side, Paul's side, and said, take courage, for as you have solemnly witnessed to my cause at Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome also. Lord Jesus came to him and said, I'm not done with you, Paul. I'm not done with you. I need you to be my witness in Rome. And verse 12, And when it was day, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. Here they became, they were assassins. They were going to do whatever it took to kill Paul. And there were more than 40 who formed this plot. Verse 14, and they came to the chief priests and the elders and said, we have bound ourselves under a solemn oath to taste nothing until we have killed Paul. What hatred. You know, that's the kind of hatred we see in the world, don't we, for Christians now? For anyone who takes a stand for righteousness? Verse 15, Now therefore, you and the council notify the commander to bring him down to you, as though you were going to determine his case by a more thorough investigation. And we, for our part, 
are ready to slay him before he comes near the place. Here it is, verse 16. God says, I've got a little boy, a boy that I'm going to use. But the son of Paul's sister, did you remember that Paul had a sister? This is his nephew. But the son of Paul's sister heard of the ambush. And look at his boldness. And he came and entered the barracks and told Paul. And Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Lead this young man to the commander, for he has something to report to him. So he took him and led him to the commander and said, Paul the prisoner called me to him and asked me to lead this young man to you since he has something to tell you. So suddenly here's this little nephew and now God is going to use him to save the Apostle Paul's life. And this this nephew had the boldness to speak up and to do something about the situation. And of course, God led him. And so he says, I have something, he has something to tell you. Verse 19, and the commander took him by the hand, stepping aside, began to inquire of him privately. What is it that you have to report to me? And here's this little boy, what he says, verse 20. And he said, the Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down tomorrow to the council as though they were going to inquire somewhat more thoroughly about him. So do not listen to them. He tells the commander. (laughs) He says, don't listen to them. For more than 40 of them are lying in wait for him who have bound themselves under a curse not to eat or drink until they slay him. And now they are ready and waiting for the promise from you. And therefore the commander let the young man go, instructing him, tell no one that you have notified me of these things. And of course, Paul's life is spared and he ends up in Rome. One little boy, but do you see what he did? He recalled everything that was said about this plot, and he brought it to the commander and said, I've got to save my Uncle Paul, and you've got to listen to me. He had a story to tell. Now, the commander here could have said, little boy, that's that's nice. Yeah, you're dreaming, you know, making up these stories. You know, he didn't have to believe this boy, but he did. Same as the little slave girl. Naaman didn't have to believe what she was saying about some prophet in Samaria who could bring healing to him. I mean, Naaman's never heard of, uh, of leprosy being healed, but he had gotten to the point where he was willing to try anything, and he trusted that little girl he trusted what he said just like the commander here trusted this little boy and tonight we're going to head off into the week and there's going to be situations that you're going back into that some of you shared them tonight and you don't know what's going to come but God wants you to trust him with all
your heart. And don't lean under your own understanding, but let us in all our ways, what? Acknowledge him. He will direct your path. May the Lord give us the faith of a child. Let's pray together. Loving Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the children in Scripture. The children, Lord, that you have used, who trusted in you, had great faith. You used them, Lord, to carry out your purposes and to be a witness. Father, I pray that we might have such faith and such boldness, Lord, to share our faith and then just to trust you, Lord, with all our heart. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.